0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm uh, all right. All right, I like that, I like that. Of course, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, and we will talk about Rock Auto here in just a little bit. But, Jimmy, instead of the devastating news we're beginning to get that's rolling in from various conferences, we're going to start with a bit of uh, what I think is good news. Alabama got another commitment. Uh, the other day from Kadarius Callaway. they stole him away from Mississippi State. And on the surface, that doesn't sound like that big of a deal. It kind of sounds like, uh, honestly, it sounds like Alabama took a, a plan B guy. And I don't know that he is a plan B guy. I think in the end, he's going to get a bump, whether you consider it Bama related or just uh, warranted is up for debate. But uh, he looks like a kind of player who is more four-star versus three-star, which is where he's ranked right now. But Kadarius Callaway out of Philadelphia, Mississippi, what do you think? I like
1: him. Um, I, I look at it this, – this is the way I'll approach it. I, you know, I'll evaluate and watch kids all the time in different positions, different schools, doesn't matter whether Alabama's interested in them or not. And i just say this, uh, if, if this was locked on the Bulldogs or locked on Stark-Vegas – and the host is like, all right, tell us about what you think about Kadarius Calloway. I'd be really excited about it. I'd be like, this is going to be one of the best kids in our class. This is a guy. This is a guy that is going to play as a freshman. He's very versatile. He can play corner. He can play star. He can play safety. We might want to stick him on offense because this is a kid with ball skills. He's a plus sized for a skill position player. He is also not shy about playing physical. And basically, Uh, Mississippi State's starting defense, their starting defense, is usually 11 guys that are going to play in the NFL. The difference between Mississippi State and Alabama is State usually has 11 guys on their defense that that are likely to be drafted in some round or another, but that's sort of all they got, you know, 11 guys, whereas Alabama – you know, really has thirty defenders <laughs> that are all going to be drafted, six or eight of them in the first round. You know, over the course of their careers, what I would say is Callaway to me looks like one of those Mississippi State guys that was going to start for two or three years and then be drafted. And 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 there's a ton of them. You'd be shocked by how many Mississippi State defenders are, are in the NFL, including some of the very best players like Fletcher, uh, Chris Young, uh, you know, uh, Chris Jones. I mean. Uh, you know a ton of defensive backs. Abrams was a first-round pick uh, this past year. Willie Gay is a heck of a player. Uh, they had the two defensive linemen, Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat. So I know it's Mississippi State, but what I want Alabama fans to think of is, no, he's a Mississippi State defender, and he's athletic, and he and he's a guy they wanted early, and are very upset that he's gone. And as much as it feels like a B-list guy for Alabama, because this isn't one of the big sexy names we've been talking about for a few months, it's obviously not a B-list name for Alabama because Alabama ain't on the B-list. We're still on the A-list. We're not trying to fill up the class or we didn't. What DB did we lose out on that we're like, oh, we missed out on him. Now we got to take Callaway. No, this, this is Alabama making a decision that hey we don't care where this guy's ranked or where he's committed to this is this kid is just a take for us he's he's really good that's that's how they feel about it look at the track record Alabama is usually right so uh I I I see a lot of reasons to be excited about Callaway now 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 that all being said if I'm asked another way is Callaway as good as Terry and Arnold I would tell you I don't think so see as good as McKinstry I don't think so so You know, what's interesting to me is how many DBs are we going to take? Because I'm sure they still want Arnold and McKinstry and maybe even the Juco, Kyrie Jackson, maybe even Jason Marshall, who's practically a five-star from Miami, Florida, uh, that they feel they have a good shot at. So I'm not really sure about the take numbers-wise, but is Kadarius Callaway a good player? Yeah, heck yeah, He's, he's good.
0: Very good, too. Um, I would say this based if I were just ranking 11, Alabama's eleven commits, uh-huh. um, I would, and this may be Alabama State of Alabama bias here, but I would rank him eleventh. And interesting. Now, if, if I were ranking Mississippi State commitments, I'd probably rank him first. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, You're right. There's a difference there. But uh, if I were ranking Alabama commitments, uh, I mean, just by ranking on 24-7 alone, he's already uh, number, what, number nine. And I would definitely put Devontae Smith ahead of him. And while I debated Anquan Barnes and Kadarius Callaway, I guess Anquan Barnes gets the nod for me because I'm more of an AHSAA guy. So, yeah, I mean, now that didn't, you know, here's the thing. It's, it's, um, you get somebody's got to be 11th. That doesn't mean I'm yeah. insulting the kid. I, I think he's a good <laughs> commitment. Um, it did come out of practically nowhere. I mean, there wasn't a crystal ball. There wasn't a right. text from you. There wasn't <laughs> anybody that let me know in advance, Hey, this is about to happen. Oh, uh, this just popped up like in the middle yeah. of the night. And, um, so that tells me, I wonder you, you were talking about the junior college, uh, Kid, was it Kyrie Jackson? Kyrie Jackson, that, um, scuba, scuba tech, yeah. as I call it. Right. You, you wonder if maybe Kadarius Calloway is instead of the junior college kid. Maybe,
1: maybe so. And I, I wouldn't be against that. Even I like the JUCO kid. I just sort of. I have one of the things with me and everyone can disagree and everyone's going to throw on my face, you know, John Copeland and, and all these Juco guys that ended up being really good players at Alabama. I'll just say I have a natural tendency to sort of have a lot of doubts about Juco guys for a couple reasons. Number one, we have a complicated system at Alabama. I think it takes most kids two years to learn, but let's just say it takes a year to learn. That means so what we, we just send a kid, we're going to get one year out of them, assuming they stick around. And so I don't like it from that sense. And then secondly, you know this isn't fair at all. And and maybe I'll get hate letters over this. But but heck, I'm quoting what a coach told me one time. This is this. I'm quoting what a coach told me. So don't get mad at me, get mad at him. But he said, ah, you know they're in JUCO for a reason, and it's never good. You know. So just, that's that's a quote from a coach, not 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 me. Well, that's- but that's kind of true though, isn't it? I mean. You know, there's not many five stars out there that choose. You know, I think I'm going to sign with Heinz JUCO and not Ohio State and Alabama. You know, so
0: no, it's very true. You no,
1: know, so y- you throw all that in, and and I tend to not be crazy about JUCOs. And straight up, if you ask me right now, Jimmy, you want Kyrie Jackson or Callaway? I, I go Callaway. I do because we might have him for five years, and he can, no, be, he, can totally he can be, he can, yeah yeah he can make a he can make a a, a broad impact on our program multiple seasons, potentially. Now, that being said, have some of the JUCOs worked out at Alabama? Oh, hell to the yes. A lot of them have. And hopefully Ronald Williams will be an example of one in this upcoming class. But again, I worry about him learning the defense quick enough to make an impact because it's hard. And it's it's hard to learn. Uh, you know, today we, we spent today on Crimson Country Club talking about Josh Job. It's 28 days to a fall camp, so Today's Josh Job Day, and uh, I think from watching him play, he he's been at Alabama two full years, going on year three, and I'm I'm still a little worried that he doesn't have the system down. and And hey, I'm not I'm not even knocking the kid. It's hard. It's hard. Have y'all ought to Google Carl Scott, our DB coach, giving a lecture at a camp about the various coverages that Alabama runs in the secondary. And there's a lot of smart people listening to podcasts with advanced college degrees. Y'all watch that. and Tell me how fast y'all can learn it. Y'all, y'all tell me how fast y'all would learn that. You know, and I'm speaking no, to you en- engineers and doctors. Y'all, y'all tell me how fast y'all pick up on that. So I'm not knocking the kid. Some, some of these football players are like savants, though, like a Rolando McLean. You know, I'm, I'm not sure Rolando is going to do too well on Jeopardy. But that dude knows football. He, did, he didn't need to sit in Carl Scott's classes. He just gets on the field and knows what to do. Kind of like, you know, maybe I'm good at, at, at writing book reports. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's my thing. But uh, Rolando's thing is understanding football and uh, and didn't take him long to learn a complicated system even though like i said necessarily he's probably not a candidate for medical school so but he's gifted he's gifted in his way
0: you searched the far reaches of your brain and came up with i'm good at book reports
1: (laughs) I i was searching for something i might be good at and that's that's the only thing that came to mind i did uh i wrote a uh and the reason i know i'm good at book reports is uh in the third grade we were told to, uh, <laughs> it's one of the few things I can remember that I did when I was a kid. In the third grade, we were told to write a book report and we were gonna go into our school library. I went to a little private school and we were, we were told to go into the library or we could choose a book from our parents' library at home, from, from the library at home or the library at school. And we're, we're gonna write, you know, read the book and then write a report. And I think I was in third grade. I might've been in fourth grade, come to think of it. But anyway, I was very, very young and then uh, it came time. and then we were to read our book report, you know, to the class and I got up there and my teacher was horrified. <laughs> my teacher was horrified and ended up with a call to my parents. Cause the book that I read and gave my report on was Jaws. I read. That was I read, nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. I read Jaws. And by the way, the, 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 the picture on the front of the book is a naked a, a naked woman <laughs> swimming <laughs> you know, in the ocean with a shark under her and she's totally naked. And there are sex, I don't know, the, 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 the movie is more tame than the book. But in the book, if people don't know this, in the book, the, uh, the marine biologist played by Richard Dreyfuss in the movie has an, a sexual affair with Brody's wife, the chief of police's wife.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they have sex and there's sex scenes all in the book. And I read all stuff. So I, I, I don't even know if I knew what, what the heck any of that meant. But I excitedly gave the uh, book report. And, uh, and I remember it was over, and my teacher said, Okay, Jimmy, two things. Uh, I'm going to give you an A. That was excellent and unbelievable that you can read a full novel in a week. Um, could not be more impressed. And uh, we need to talk with your parents. <laughs> And I will give you an A and the number to a good therapist. Um, <laughs> exactly. And then I'd call. Uh, him. Yeah. My, my mom was like, I, My mom said, I saw him reading the book, but I didn't know it was for school. But Yeah,
0: I just thought he was a
1: pervert. Just a, yeah, um, sorry, yeah. I just thought he is, wow, uh, I have a complete dork son that would rather read this than Charlie Brown, <laughs> like he's supposed to be reading, like everybody else.
0: Well, speaking of Alabama recruiting. Um, if you have a Dodge Charger, then you may want to call Rock Auto because you might want to <laughs> pick up <laughs> pick up some uh, uh, new timing belts or uh, ball bearings or what it, or widgets or whatever it is that you need for a Dodge Charger or any car that's ever been made. Go to RockAuto.com. R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com all the parts your car will ever need. I saw the commercial the other night The you know, it's sort of like a South Parkian looking cartoon commercial. And that jingle just stuck in my head all day. And that's how, you know, it's a good jingle. Rock auto has one of the best jingles in the biz. You need to go check them out for all your car part needs. Rockauto.com. They are literally the best and most comprehensive in the business. And you want know them that you heard about it from Locked On, the Locked On Network. Jimmy.
1: Rock Auto. Uh, Rock Auto. There Otto, you go. Rock Auto. That's close. Locked well, they don't neighbor. Like that,
0: Rock Auto is there. Rock Auto. Give me a break. Um, all right. Give me a break. Uh, now I've got KitKat stuck in my head. I wish you had done that. Um. Jadavian <laughs> Davis from the basketball team oh, has entered yeah. the transfer portal. I don't know if this necessarily signals that John Petty's coming back. I think a lot of people have made that leap to believe John Petty will be coming back. And maybe that is true. Maybe it is true that uh, we're gonna, we're trying to free up some space for another graduate transfer because there may be a lot more graduate transfers. Some of them may be coming from the Ivy League, which has canceled all of its sports until tw- at least, which we'll get to in just a minute. But what do you think about Davis entering the portal? First of all, I
1: didn't know the portal was that big. It must be a big room. That, that dude is huge. Javion Davis is big as, as any of the football players we got. I mean, that's a big old dude. Like uh, I, he's a good player. I mean, I think one thing our fans do, we, we have to – our fans in basketball are, are, the, are the most negative bunch in the world. They think that outside of one – they think that our one or two good players are awesome – and our other eleven players are horrible. That's what that's what they always, but they're they're wrong about how good some of our players are. J v Davis is a good player. I assure you, once he hit that portal, that phone started ringing and and I ain't talking about the swag I mean, big time basketball programs are calling there. They're gonna make room for that guy. He's a good player, big body, good touch. I think he's he's got some good offensive skills to go with that big body. and I think he's going to have a nice career now the fact of the matter is because he is so huge and takes his kind of a space eater, uh, he's not really a get up and down the floor guy. So he wasn't, he was one of the few guys that was not a great fit with Nate's system. So, uh, in that sense, this was probably a good decision on Javion's part. Uh, and, and maybe it was a kid we never would have recruited with Nate because he just isn't a guy that gets up and down the floor. So, uh, Uh, I do think he's a good player, and he really contributed to some of our success this year. had a couple of really good games, a real real good game against South Carolina uh, in Tuscaloosa, helped leading us to a win over a good team, and uh, I wish him well, and I'm I'm with you. I don't think this means Petty's coming back, but it is a good sign. It's a good sign. Uh, Nate is very transparent. I, I don't know that people have caught on to this. I think being at a power five school is new to Nate to the point that when the media asks him a question, he gives you the real answer. There's not coach speak. There's not a you know, a lot of coaches will just lie because they they think it's the best thing to do for the program. Nate's not like that at all. Nate gives you the answer. So when I think when he's asked about John Petty, you're getting his up to the minute information that he has. And, you know, the last quote I saw from Nate on it was just two or three days ago. And he's like, well, he says he's going to go pro if he knows he's going in the top 45, and I think that's a really good decision for him because if you go in the top 45, that's enough money. So if you're going in the top 45, we support him leaving, but we he doesn't have enough information yet uh, to be comfortable with, with where he believes he'll go, uh, and until he gets that information, he's not going to make a decision. However, as of right now, it doesn't look like he's top 45, So uh, so we're keeping the spot for him open. And that's what Nate's saying, and there's no reason not to 100% believe that. If some other coaches from some other sports were saying that, I would be like, "What a waste of time asking the question and answering it," because he ain't going to answer the real answer. He he, he doesn't want to say. But, but but Nate Oates, he tells you. I think he te- I think he answers every question
0: honestly. I, I do too, and it, it is it's refreshing. But you hope it doesn't get him in any trouble later yeah, on, which exactly. it might. Exactly. Um I think his I optimism think about how good was, the team was going to be last year I thought
1: was I, I didn't think it was smart of him to hype up that team last year. It was year 1. He didn't recruit a lot of those guys. Most coaches poor mouth for a good reason. You don't want the fans expecting a lot because the last thing you want is to disappoint them because that's when they get mad and what coaching changes. <laughs> but he did I I think he 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 thought we were going to be good, and he answered the questions. Yeah, I think we're going to be good. I think we're going to make the NCAA
0: tournament. Well, technically, we didn't miss it. I mean. (laughs) We don't um, know we wouldn't have been invited. No one knows. That's true. We could have won the tournament. We could have. We could have. All right, Jimmy, now to uh, what is – very scary for those of us all who love football. And that's that the big 10 has announced they're going to essentially go to all conference games. It's unclear at this point, if it's going to be like a nine or 10 game conference season, and they're going to uh, add some games in conference only, but you've got to assume that all these other schools are going to follow suit because here's the thing. You can't not follow suit. If you're the pac 12, you've got a couple of teams that play Pac-12 that play big 10 teams. You can't not, Uh, follow suit if you're the Big 12, at least I know of Iowa and Iowa State that play each other. So, um, and then the ACC has already announced they're going to do it too. So yeah, I mean, I think everybody's going to do it. And then that leads us to the question, the most important question of all, what's the SEC going to do? And is the SEC going to stick with eight games? Are they going to try and bump it up to 10 and, and add two more conference games? I guess all that isn't as hard to do Um, right now as, as it would be normally. If there were no coronavirus and everybody for just stupid reason decided that they wanted to do this, it would probably be very difficult because it would make travel plans that have been arranged for God knows how long to be impossible to change or very costly for the fans, which would piss them all off. But right now, at least I know this as a guy who travels a pretty good bit. I mean, all the places that I've called where I've like had a room for some event or some sales meeting. Uh, They've been easily canceled and everybody's like, yeah, we totally get it. You can't come up here right now. I mean, what's the point? So um, everything is sort of, uh, everything's up in the air. So I think it's easy to say, Hey, we're going to be able to move. You know, it's going to be Alabama tape hosting Kentucky on September 5th. And it's not going to be a big deal. One, because there's not a game there anymore. And two, because uh, you know what? There's not going to be any travel into the game anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, do you think the SEC would go to attend to
1: I don't know. I mean, this would be so much easier if it's like, if we just had one year of reference point, point. we'd say, well, this is how we handled it in 1983. But it's all so brand new. There's almost no one in charge. I think we're going to go to conference games only, if for only one reason. And that's because someone's in charge. No, there's no one person in charge of college football that can say, okay, I'm I'm Roger Goodell and this is what we're doing. Uh, That doesn't exist in college football. So, but there are conference commissioners. So if we have an SEC season only, there is at least one voice that speaks for the league in Greg Sankey. And uh, I think everyone playing conference games only at least puts someone in charge. And, 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 and that I see as the reason to do this, because if you think about it, think of all the moving parts about Alabama playing USC in Dallas. you got Alabama, you got the SEC, you got USC, you've got the Pac-12, you've got the government of the state of Alabama, you have the government of the state of California all playing the game in Texas where you have local officials and state officials and their own rules and maybe maybe Texas isn't crazy about a plane full of athletes from Alabama and a plane full of athletes from California coming to their biggest city for for a couple of days. Um, There's so many moving parts to that and you can reduce some of that by keeping everything in conference. you know and, and having more of a uniform set of rules as to what to do about the virus and, and when your players test positive you can do that by conference and and there's really no way to do it nationally i mean can you imagine if if we test our players like crazy and 10 players or sit out southern Cal because they're positive no one is sitting out southern Cal, so we're all paranoid they didn't test their players so a they gained competitive advantage because all 85 of theirs are out there and b maybe 10 of their guys are positive too, and they're gonna give it to our kids on the field. You know, So by doing this, maybe we're making it a little more uniform You know, in terms of how we're handling the virus. But that all said, hey, this is just a fact, we've been very optimistic here on Locked on Bama all off season over, we're gonna have football, we're counting down, it's four weeks till practice starts and all these countdowns. Yesterday was a big blow. To the idea that there's going to be football at all in the fall. And, and uh, it's just a big blow. It's a, it's a bad day for anyone that's been full of optimism all summer that there will be football um of any kind. But hey, no, uh, nothing's nothing's canceled yet. So uh our players are lifting weights and working out as we speak. So uh Uh, I'm going to remain excited. Hey, the SEC is going to be – here's one thing I will say that I feel adamant about. If conferences start announcing we're not playing, I'll tell you that the the conference that's last off the ship will be the SEC. The SEC will be the very last conference to give up, not the first. Maybe the Big Ten showed yesterday they'll be first. But the SEC is not going to be first. We will be the last ones. And and here's something – I used to mock this idea. I don't mock it anymore. Maybe the only college football that's going to be played this fall is the SEC. We're the one conference Colin Cowherd himself said it. I'm quoting him. He said the SEC is the only conference with the stomach for it to say screw it, we're playing. We don't care what the optics are, we don't care what the PR is. We're playing football because we love it. And Odds are none of the kids will get sick and die. So, so, so we're going we're going to play football and whoever wins in Atlanta the first weekend in December, we're going to call them national champions. And I don't mock that anymore. I, I do think that that's possible.
0: Oh, I don't mock it. I actually kind of dig it. I mean, can you imagine the amount of money this conference would bring in that way? And look, uh, you know, everybody's going to say, "Oh, you all about money." I'm so tired of, you know. Bob Costas came out and said it's just disgusting the the optics and the blah blah blah. I mean, yeah, it's easy for you, Bob. You've got eighty yeah. gazillion dollars. You, yeah, you can I'm do saying, whatever you can. Got, got Thirty
1: million. million in the bank or more.
0: Oh, he's got a lot more than that. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's, it's these these schools need the money. And, I mean, look, I feel bad for the UABs and the UTSAs, and and I normally am not uh, feeling bad for those kind of schools, but I I definitely feel bad for them. It sucks, and there's got to be another way to to make this happen. But I'm with you. I don't think it is going to happen. I don't think we'll have a season at all, which is very depressing to me. But if we do have a season, and if it is um, an all-conference season, it's going to be how you want to talk about some conspiracy theories being thrown about. Look, I, I don't know how you do it. Um I think one thing you'd have to do, obviously you play all of your division teams, right? So there's six games. And then gosh, how do you make it how do you make it right for everybody? I mean, it's already difficult, it's already a lot of complaining right now. Um if you add two more, I mean, if you add Florida and oh, you know, Kentucky, I guess, who are or, or yeah, because we already played Georgia and Tennessee. If you had Florida and Kentucky, I think those are would be the consensus top four teams in the East. To Alabama's schedule, how is that fair? If Texas A and M adds, they already play Vandy and um, South Carolina, who are arguably the two worst. If they play um, Tennessee, and then who who would another bad one be? Out of running out of East teams or Missouri? I mean, how fair would that be? It's not fair. it, again, life's not fair. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they divvy those up because whoever Alabama gets, let me tell you who they can't get. Alabama schedule is going to get, if you were to like average it out, say right now Alabama's schedule out of 10 is about an 8.5. Well, whoever Alabama gets, that number's probably going to go down um, unless they get Florida, because they already play Georgia, who most people think right. is the favorite. And then they already play Tennessee, who some people think is the third or fourth right. best team in the East. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the, their their average is going to go down. So everybody's going to be like, oh, look, Alabama benefited. Well, what do you want us to do, play Georgia twice? I mean, we're <laughs> probably going to do that anyway. So, um, yeah, I just. It's going to be interesting to see how they divvy it up. I mean, boy, the contingency plans that must be out there right now, I mean, I don't envy these guys. I mean, all the SEC commissioners and the fat cats that have sat on there took us for a while and just counted money as it rolled in because of everybody playing football. They are earning their keep this year. You can bet on that.
1: Yeah, um, I'm guessing there was already, not in place, probably a general sketch of what an SEC only season would look like in the fall and an SEC only season would look like in the spring. There's probably a general sketch of it because what what the hell else have they been doing since March? If there isn't one then that's negligence. I mean they they should have spent this time preparing for any contingency and this is not a shocking one you know this isn't a curveball it's sort of like well inevitable is not the right word but 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 this was always a a a probability not even a possibility but a probability so we'll see I just hope there's football and and I hope it's not in the spring I would rather football be in the spring than no football at all this school year but I hope the spring is is a last resort just simply because it would feel like it's not a real season and our real team wouldn't be out there um Devontae Najee, Leatherwood, deontay brown all of them you know they're not going to play if it's in the spring and as much as that would ding us it's going to ding us more than anyone because we're the school that puts 12 guys in the draft every year uh but it would affect everyone clemson wouldn't have trevor lawrence ohio state wouldn't have justin fields oregon wouldn't have panay sewell uh any kid that's going to be drafted is going to sit out um it's going to be a freshman palooza for everyone and uh an interesting question for me is do the early entry guys play uh, and if so, what if there is a high school season? So let's say, for instance, what if they do play high school football this fall? Is Deontay Lawson going to play high school football in the fall and the college football schedule in the spring? Good um, lord, is isn't that too much? Or he's eighteen and can handle it? I, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but letting the early entries play makes some level of sense if every team expects to lose. You know 10 guys who prefer to train for the draft you know having 10 early entries replace them makes some level of sense you know so i don't know what's going to happen i just hope there's football and uh the last thing i'll say and i have mentioned it several times here it's a saving grace for me because i'm a huge fan my second favorite sport behind college football is NFL football. That's, that's my second favorite, if you call it a different sport. And I, I still believe the NFL's full steam ahead. And if colleges are not playing on Saturdays, I think the NFL will. I think half of NFL regularly scheduled Sunday games will be played on Saturday, just simply in an effort to make every NFL game or as many as possible a national broadcast because the ratings will be huge. Uh, Saturday NFL football oh, yeah. with kickoffs noon, 3.30, and 7 p.m., uh, just like on Sundays, there will be eyeballs on TV sets. So, And, and I'm fine. I mean, I, I will be excited to watch the NFL. I mean, I, I'll, I will miss my Alabama guys, uh, my Alabama team. But, you know, I, I think the NFL is going to play.
0: I think they are too, and look, I mean, I was thinking about this with n f l the other day, just you know think about their their guys out there whose whole livelihood revolves around fantasy football i mean the 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 ancillary uh the 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 effects of this thing on so many far reaching elements of football are just incredible. So that, again, I think I said this the other day, and I still mean it. That's why I hate it when people say, it's just a game. We just need to approach it like a game. It's not just a game. I mean, this is... This is monstrous. So, um, Jimmy, that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate everybody tuning in, as always, and we will be back with you uh, come next week. Meantime, I want to invite everybody to go check out Locked On NBA. The NBA, supposedly, hopefully, will be getting kicked back up here very shortly. And so the Locked On NBA guys will have you covered. Go check them out. For uh, Jimmy Stein, I'm Luke Robinson saying Roll Tide. Roll Tide.